explosive debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth where this great nation and all of its various parts and opinion groups and ideologies and partisan politics all reacting in their specific and unique and disparate ways to the situation in Ukraine. Uh, Whatever this is, it could be a war, it could be an incident, it could be the beginning of something terrible, it could even be the beginning of something actually worthwhile and the strengthening of a transatlantic alliance that has done so much to make the world a better place, by the way, for a very, very long time. It's more than 80 years now. And uh, that, that alliance seems to be rallying to the defense of Ukraine. And that doctrine is a responsibility to protect. Uh, we're going to be speaking with an academic uh, expert in international law, uh, specifically in the Balkans, Ivana Stradner. And uh, she actually is taking a look at the fact that that is exactly the basis that Vladimir Putin has used to justify his troops on Ukrainian territory, saying that his responsibility is to protect ethnic Russians wherever they live. And there are some ethnic Russians who uh, live in Ukrainian territory. And claiming, uh, as he has, and as uh, President Trump has agreed with him, apparently, that uh, his troops in there with the tanks that he has, they're all peacekeepers. And that uh, gives Vladimir Putin the justification for actually keeping those troops and those tanks and those forces. And there are lots of them. And uh, naval forces as well surrounding Ukraine. That is all to protect Russians who are suffering how exactly? Uh, We'll hear about that a little bit later this hour on The Michael Medved Show. We will also be talking about the idea that Democrats on this one issue appear to be more united and certainly more supportive of uh, going to bat for Ukraine, for helping Ukraine, trying to defend Ukraine's independence and sovereignty than Republicans. Republicans are deeply divided. There are some people who have uh, a very extreme contempt for any argument about Ukraine being a significant issue for Americans. Uh, And uh, President Trump, who had been fairly quiet about this for a while, Uh, did a radio interview yesterday where he clearly expressed a sympathy and praise for Putin. And uh, it's uh, really a remarkable uh, presentation of an unexpected division in American foreign policy. I, I honestly cannot think of anything quite like this. It took Vietnam. I mean, Vietnam was going on for literally years before prominent politicians uh, spoke up, let alone a former president, an immediate former president who wants to be a future president. He wants to be not just number 45, but number 47 as well. 
decided to speak up on behalf of Vladimir Putin, who he calls a genius and very savvy. Uh, why? How does that help America? How does that help President Trump's forthcoming campaign? How does it help the Republican Party? 1-800-955-1776. There is a new poll, and it's a big new poll from National Opinion Research Center at University of Chicago, one of the uh, most respected sources of polling information, that says that, in general, most Americans do not want this country deeply involved in any of the... Uh, the goings-on in Ukraine. They view that as irrelevant, distant, and uh, the numbers are strong. Uh, people are, when they're asked, do you want uh, America to be deeply involved, minimally involved, or not involved at all, uh, people are two times as likely to say uh, we want America not involved at all, as uh, they are to say that we want America deeply involved. Most people, the biggest number is people say they would like this country minimally involved. We're more than minimally involved now. And that is because uh, despite the fact that um, Joe Biden drew a lot of very well-deserved criticism for his abject and pathetic handling of the situation in Afghanistan, uh, Biden, Sleepy Joe, as he was called during a campaign, I can remember, uh, Biden appears to have woken up at least a little bit, and that together with some of uh, our allies in Great Britain and elsewhere. Uh, we're also going to be speaking today about uh, some of the issues about freedom of speech, freedom of expression in this country involving, uh, in this case, this one new case, a web designer in uh, Colorado who um, basically designs wedding materials and invitations and uh, declined to, to do that using her setting up a whole website uh, for a gay couple. And uh, she is being sued for violation of civil rights that case is going to the Supreme Court, and a lot of people are expecting there will be a new clarity there beyond the uh, Baker case, the Jack Phillips, who was a guest on our show, Baker case. He is from Colorado also and is the same Colorado uh, Human Rights Commission that is involved with uh, the enforcement of the law and suggesting that if you choose not to use your own talents to design a website for a gay couple who uh, want that website design, then you are discriminating. And, and the point, of course, that the Alliance Defending Freedom, who has taken this case, what point they make is that it's not a, a refusal to serve this gay couple. It's a refusal to create a website all about a gay wedding. Because doesn't freedom of speech mean not only a freement, uh, freedom to uh, say whatever you want, but also 
a freedom not to say something that you don't want to believe in and don't want to say. Uh, there are warnings about a coming democratic um, apocalypse. Uh, Democrats doing incredibly poorly in polling. Will the Ukraine matter change that at all? The brand is so toxic, says an AP News story. Dems fear extinction in rural U.S. There's also a piece in Bloomberg, of all places, that says that the Democrats are looking at a potential wipeout. And will the Ukraine situation change that at all? Uh, maybe, say some experts. Uh, we will um, also be speaking a little bit about the, uh, <laughs> the another new cultural controversy that seems to, um, uh, to disturb people a great deal, which is Governor Ron DeSantis, who is no stranger to controversy, has said that he would gladly sign and is supporting a uh, bill that would restrict classroom discussion of uh, gay and trans identity. Is that so horrible? Lim limiting it not for high schools, this is for younger kids, and keeping it age appropriate. Is that an outrageous idea? We will get to that and much more coming up on The MedVet Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. Michael Medved show. Uh, the uh, uh, Republicans in Washington have made a surprise announcement. That's something I think everybody's been waiting for, which is uh, the State of the Union address is coming up. It's coming up on March 1st. Before the State of the Union address, in fact, uh, the President of the United States is, uh, that's on Tuesday night, probably right before then, perhaps on Monday or Sunday, uh, he will announce his choice for a Supreme Court justice. Yes, of course, it will be a black woman, as everybody knows. But the uh, president apparently has interviewed uh, three of the prominent judges that have been on the top of everybody's lists, uh, including Katanji uh, uh, Brown-Jackson and uh, uh, Leandra uh, Kruger, and uh, and uh, J. Michelle Childs, the, the uh, that's the one who is favored by Lindsey Graham, and I think the fact that she does have some Republican support, the others not so much, uh, means that it may be an appointment of Judge Childs who would get confirmed. But then you have the State of the Union address, and one of the big things about that State of the Union address is obviously uh, with. Uh, with President Biden in so much trouble in public opinion polling and with the overwhelming focus on a potentially devastating war in Europe, with all of that going on, uh, there's going to be particular attention to this State of the Union more than others. It also uh, will be a chance for Joe Biden to try to confront the fact that there are millions and millions of Americans who look at his performance and think this guy is not up to the job. 
So who gets the job of answering him? You may remember there are a lot of famous uh, Republicans who have been called on to answer Democratic presidents in the past. That includes, yes, of course, President Clinton and President Obama. And uh, the, the answer this time uh, is going to be coming from Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, which is kind of a surprise because normally it's somebody who at least has rumors of presidential aspirations or presidential stature. Uh, Kim Reynolds does not. She's a good governor. She's popular in Iowa. She's gotten high grades in particular for her handling of the pandemic and the uh, COVID-19 in the state of Iowa, which has done fairly well. But uh, uh, the question is, why is she the choice? Because uh, Iowa is not a state that really has been in play. President Trump won there decisively both in 2016 and in uh, 2020, there was no argument about who won in Iowa. One of the ideas about this is that uh, she is somebody who can directly appeal to rural voters. And you might say, well, what does uh, the Republican Party need to be worried about rural voters? Uh, there's this piece I've mentioned and it's a very insightful and it's a devastating piece, in fact. And it's a piece by uh, Steve Peoples in, uh, uh, in the Associated Press. And he begins this way, some Democrats in rural Pennsylvania are afraid to tell you they're Democrats. The party's brand is so toxic in the small towns 100 miles northeast of Pittsburgh that some liberals have removed bumper stickers and yard signs and refuse to acknowledge publicly they're a party affiliation. These Democrats are used to being outnumbered by the local Republican majority, but as their numbers continue to dwindle, those who remain are feeling increasingly isolated and unwelcome in their own communities. The hatred for Democrats is just unbelievable, said Tom uh, Hallahan, who's an accountant based in rural McKean County, Pennsylvania, who recently encouraged his daughter to get rid of a pro-Joe Biden bumper sticker. I feel like we're on the run. Well, if they're on the run in rural America already, and that's the theme of this article, and they are, and if you look at the numbers, uh, Trump did even better in rural parts of the country in 2020 than he did in 2016. So what's the deal with Kim Reynolds? if Republicans are already winning, not only in her state, the deal is this, and this was an idea that was put forward by Hot Air, and I think that they're right about this, that right now, if you look at the key governorship races where the Republicans are really, really hoping to knock off, and, and here again, I'm not talking about putting a target on somebody, I'm talking about basically voting out of office from some liberal governors who are up for reelection and should be very vulnerable. And they include mostly governors in the Midwest. And if you consider, some people do, Pennsylvania as part of the extended Midwest, it's also in Pennsylvania, the governor is, uh, Wolf, is term limited, but they have a very red hot governor's race there where the GOP could pick up a, a key governorship. And in Wisconsin, and uh, uh, very much, and in Michigan, where uh, Gretchen Whitmer 
is uh, facing re-election. And the idea is that by running up the vote totals and the turnout and speaking directly to those, and there are millions of people in the rural Midwest who are going to decide those governor's races, including one in Kansas, where really it should be a GOP state, those states can come home. They also uh, are key Senate races that are going to help determine uh, what, uh, what happens in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Senate races where, for instance, in Pennsylvania and in Ohio, uh, Republican senators and, and two very fine Republican senators, Rob Portman in Ohio and uh, 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 Toomey, Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, they both are leaving the Senate. They're Republicans, and these were considered swing states at one point. And now with the incredibly complicated Republican primaries going on, I mean, the primary in Ohio is just madness. They, uh, one of the leading candidates who was just endorsed by Rob Portman, the departing senator, had attacked her chief rivals, saying that they were carrying on the way they are, and they're both very spirited campaigners who were attacking one another, she, she suggested that they felt a sense of sexual inadequacy, and that's why they were doing that. It's uh, really one of the more remarkable ads this early in a campaign. In any event, it could be that Kim Reynolds, who is a kitchen table kind of talker, uh, common sense, uh, down-home uh, not not anything that is going to get people tremendously excited, either in a good way or a bad way, might be a very wise choice and could do very well when you're talking about Tuesday night and the State of the Union. So what is the state of international law and the justification for what the U.S. is doing, getting involved in Ukraine, versus uh, Putin's own justification for occupying a big chunk of the UK, uh, the Ukraine. We will be speaking with Dr. Ivana Stradner, who is an expert on international law and Russian aggression beyond the battlefield. She's with the American Enterprise Institute and more coming up on the Medved Show. Michael Medved show of Vladimir Putin says he has invaded Ukraine, occupied a big chunk of what he considers to be now newly independent republics. He's done this all in the name of protecting Russian nationals who are menaced by Ukrainian efforts to kill and oppress and repress them. Uh, is there anything to that? Is that a uh, under international law, a justifiable reason to move all those troops into Ukraine. Somebody who's written about that and has written a terrific piece that uh, everybody should take a look at, which is about a responsibility to protect Ukraine, uh, is uh, Ivana Stradner. She is a uh, an expert in international law and the Jean Kirkpatrick uh, Visiting Research Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, where her research broadly focuses on the intersection of international law and security. Uh, Dr. Stradner, thanks very much for joining us. Um, when, 
when Putin says he's only interested in protecting the lives and fortunes and welfare of Russians who are living outside Russia's border, that's, uh, as you point out in your piece, reminiscent of something that the world has heard before, right? Absolutely. This is nothing new for Russia because this is the same playbook that Vladimir Putin already used in 2008 in Georgia and 2014 um, in Ukraine and Crimea. So this is absolutely nothing new. Um, indeed, It's also uh, the Russia same playbook that was used by Adolf Hitler, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same playbook about uh, false um, about false flag operations in making a pretext for uh, for an invasion, uh, because he certainly is trying also to convince his domestic audience that the Russians are repressed over there. Um, that's also part of Russian um, information operations that Russia certainly mastered over the course of the past two decades during the Vladimir Putin's uh, presidency. So this is really uh, nothing um, nothing new. Uh, the problem is that uh, these are all all uh, lies, and unfortunately, they are all over social media. And this is there are two problems here because in 2008, in 2014, social media was not that present. So it was very difficult also to convince his own population uh, about certain things. But now, with with the social media being so present, it's much easier to spread. Uh, information operations freely. And let alone Russian military capabilities along Ukraine border are right now near 100% of all forces, according to uh, Pentagon. Yeah, and they uh, they have confirmed that it looks like the Russians are ready to go. And uh, I know there are a lot of people who are assuming they're not going to stop in Lugansk and Donetsk, uh, that uh, they may be attacking Kiev itself. But with all of this going I on... Agree. Uh, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that uh, because, in my view, this is um, just the beginning. If you, for example, consider he has more than two dozen warships in the Black Sea, um, very, very strong cruise missile capabilities, um, ballistic missiles are ready. Um, and in addition to Donbass, uh, I would really also pay attention to what's happening in Transistria, in Moldova. Um, certainly what's happening in Kaliningrad is also something we should pay attention to, uh, activities close to the Baltic states. So um, the United Kingdom two days ago stated that in addition to Ukraine, the Baltic states, but also the Balkans, especially Bosnia, are... Um, are also areas that we should pay attention to uh, in terms of Russian activities. It's all very sobering, but here's the here's the question: there there are people in the United States today, and uh, a lot of them politicians or former politicians, who basically are echoing uh, Putin's line. I just saw a video that was put forward by a former Democrat. Uh, member of the House of Representatives named Tulsi Gabbard. She ran for president. She didn't get any votes, but she ran for the Democratic nomination for president. And she is now saying that uh, Ukraine is a dictatorship, that it is repressive, that they have squelched freedom of the press. And it's just a handsomely produced piece on the Internet by a former U.S. congressman. 
How do you make it clear to the American people that this is not actually true? Well, to begin with, uh, this is disgraceful because what Putin is doing um, in Ukraine, it also threatens U.S. national security. So I oftentimes like to say that in addition to having our enemies abroad, uh, we also have people who undermine our security domestically. And I'm not surprised actually to see these things because if you, for example, consider how Russia has been uh, very, very uh, successfully using information operations even domestically in the United States to shape information space, how we should perceive Moscow, it works. And, you know, both on Democrats, but also um, some uh, Republicans mirror Putin's rhetorics. And we need to definitely um, counter that by exposing the facts. And this is, you know, why I'm very grateful for U.S. intelligence for exposing all those false flag operations um, and talking about that loudly, like to see what Putin is really doing. Okay, there's a, a new uh, APNORC, National Opinion Research Center, poll from University of Chicago. And they asked a question of American adults. And they asked, uh, the U.S. should play a... Uh, big role, major role, a minor role, or no role at all in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. First of all, uh, Ivana, if you were asked that question, what would your answer be? Major role, minor role, or no role at all? I firmly believe that uh, the United States should have also a major role because we are a democratic country. We absolutely need to promote also our, our interests also uh, in Europe. Um, and as I said, also what ha what's happening in Ukraine, it certainly undermines also our national security. So to some extent, we will definitely be involved. Uh, nobody expects, and just to make this clear, that the United States will send troops over there. I'm not even sure that Ukrainians are expecting something like that from us. What they do expect, they expect us to send um, weapons and to help them with intelligence. And we are doing that. And in addition to that, I think the United States should also play a very important role, and I think we are doing that, um, to work with our European partners um, uh, when it comes to Ukraine, because Putin certainly did not expect, um, he did not expect uh, such a strong transatlantic ties, because for several years, ties were not that strong between um, Europe and the United States. And obviously there has been a much more united uh, response, especially from countries like uh, Germany and France, Germany, which right away uh, canceled the certification of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. What's alarming to me, uh, Dr. Stradner, is that th this poll that I asked you, it's only one out of four Americans who thought, who agreed with you that we should play a major role Fifty-two percent thought we should play a minor role. There are twenty percent, one out of five, who think we should have no role at all. It's important that you're out there helping to get information on hand to read uh, the new piece, Responsibility to Protect Ukraine, by Dr. Ivana Stradner. Uh, go to michaelmedved.com, uh, click on it. It's published by the American Enterprise Institute. We will be right back on what that responsibility really means. Coming up.
The Michael Medved Show. All across America. It's, it's dangerous for America. It's dangerous for the world. This is The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show breaking news just a few minutes ago uh, 80% of the Russian forces who are gathered near Ukraine's border are ready to go now as a uh, US defense official uh, told reporters today just um, again moments ago they're ready to go now with a large-scale uh, scale attack on the ex-Soviet nation. Uh, President Trump, when he was interviewed about all this, he uh, commented on the number of tanks and uh, suggested, and I think he meant it in jest, but this is hardly a laughing matter, uh, that uh, we needed that kind of peacekeepers on our southern border. Uh, the One of the points that Ivana Stradner was talking about, and she is somebody who obviously has followed these developments with um, a great detail and great avidity uh, is the analogies to Adolf Hitler. And what are those analogies? Hitler invaded Poland because he said that German nationals who were leaving in Poland, German-speaking population, and it was before the war, a very substantial German-speaking population in Poland, and uh, the claims were, and they were not true at all, that the German speakers in Poland, and he made the same claim about the German speakers in the Sudetenland in uh, Czechoslovakia, that they were being repressed, they were being oppressed, they were not being uh, given cultural independence, they weren't able to live out their master race destiny, and so therefore he had to come in to protect those German communities. It is almost a direct echo of what Putin is doing now. And uh, this also leads me to a, another update where I, I always love to be able to report that the Republican Party has done something really smart and very appropriate, but that is the case here. Uh, the Missouri Republican Party does not want conservative radio host Steve West to uh, represent them in an upcoming state representative election uh, over his abhorrent ideas, in quotes, including his longstanding support for Adolf Hitler. You know, generally, it's not a good thing for Republicans to say, well, I'm a little bit Nazi, a little bit Republican. That's what Democrats say about us, but it's not something Republicans should say. In a uh, tweet yesterday, the Republican Party of uh, Missouri said it has rejected the filing fee of Steve West, who sought to run for office as a member of the GOP 
West's past statements are, quote, vile and conflict with the fundamental values of our platform. Uh, West, who had hoped to be on the ballot for the Missouri House of Representatives, has embraced a number of anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, and homophobic statements on his radio show, including a saying that Hitler was right, exclamation point, about his actions that uh, led to World War II and the death, by the way, of 60 million human beings. West was on the ballot and both in 2018 and 2020, but was defeated by uh, Democrats both times. Um, no room for Nazis? Uh, let us hope not. And then this gets to the other desire to make this an issue of fascism somehow, some way. There's a message, uh, a tweet that was put up by uh, Candace Owens. And uh, Candace Owens can be a brilliant commentator. She's a very effective communicator. Uh, she also, in my opinion, is uh, sometimes goes way off the rails with uh, wildly irresponsible sentiments. She conveyed this in her Twitter account. Uh, stop talking about Russia. Stop, capital letters, stop talking about Russia. Send American troops to Canada to deal with the tyrannical reign of Justin Trudeau Castro. He has fundamentally declared himself dictator and is waging war on innocent Canadian protesters and those who have supported them financially. Uh, now, really? Really? Uh, then uh, you have Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, saying that um, Trudeau has gone full dictator and linking that somehow to the situation in Russia, saying the uh, why are the all the neocons now uh, drooling uh, with their hunger for innocent blood of American 18-year-olds? Which, again, given the fact that no one, to my knowledge, no one has called for a boots-on-the-ground American presence or direct involvement in Ukraine. Uh, also, J.D. Vance, who um, is a good writer, and I thought his book, Hillbilly Elegy, was a very good and powerful and important book. But uh, he's now running for the U.S. Senate for the Republican nomination in Ohio for the Senate seat that was held with considerable distinction by Rob Portman for a long time. Uh, he has said repeatedly, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine. The reason it matters so much is because, as a number of people have commented, there are a number of things that the United States of America has accomplished for the entire world that... Uh, I think confirm the notion that we are a nation with a purpose, with a mission, not just a nation that is concerned about being able to fill our gas tanks and have nice vacations and put food on the table. That too, of course. But part of the mission for the United States is to make it possible for the whole world to live in relative peace 
for smaller nations next door to larger nations not to have to fear that they're going to be overrun, that their sovereignty is going to be erased, uh, not to have a, a drive and a bloody drive for world mastery that never goes well. And if anyone can look at the model that Vladimir Putin is following, even his previous incursions into his, the, the insurgency that he has been paying for and stimulating in the Donbass, in these two occupied territories right now, in Lugansk and Donetsk, those, uh, that's claimed 14,000 lives. 14,000 people, most of them, the great majority of them, Ukrainians. Uh, and the idea that Ukraine was once called the, uh, the breadbasket of Europe, and it was because they grew a lot of, of food there. The, uh, the idea that you have so few people who want America to play a major role in Ukraine... Sure, it reflects exhaustion with the uh, the endless fighting and the endless demands of uh, American blood and treasure in Afghanistan and, to some extent, in Iraq. But this is a very large, significant country. And if you look at the things that America has accomplished in the whole history of our country— and I've written about this. You can get material from the Medved History Store, and you should about this. We accomplished something amazing. And it was only accomplished because it was on a bipartisan basis. It was President Truman. It was President Eisenhower. It was President Kennedy and, and Johnson, uh, Republicans as well as Democrats. And then, of course, President Reagan and President Bush who defeated this 70-year terrorist dictatorship that had claimed literally millions of dead bodies in the biggest prison camps, uh, bigger than any Nazi prison camps. They, in fact, that's why I was referred to by Solzhenitsyn as a gulag archipelago. Gulag is the Russian acronym for their forced labor and prison encampments. Uh, when you talk about a communist regime that has basically contributed to the death of close to a hundred million people over some 70 years, and then the ability of the United States to stay on focus, to stick with that, to overcome through economic, moral, and yes, occasionally military strength, this great evil, that's something that makes us this greatest nation.